Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Meaning and Code podcast. I'm Bennett, and I'm once again joined by Lily. Hello. How you doing, Bennett? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, Lily? Doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice day. If a bit rainy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It doesn't have to be sunny to be nice. It's very windy where I am. It's yeah. It's starting to get cool though, like fall. Oh my god, I'm so I'm genuinely so I literally I like gremlined out the other day. Uh, my, the restaurant I work at started doing like uh, hot what soup again. What does it again. mean to gremlin out? <laughs> Definition, please. Um, and multiple times during the day, like my boss was describing the soup, and I got so excited, I just started going. Like, sorry, oh, for anyone listening, not watching, I just started sort of, like, moving my shoulders in a circular motion and, like, like hunching my, my head forward. I was just, like, so excited about the idea of soup. <laughs> it was great. Go, folks. Look for yes. it in the uh, Oxford English Dictionary next year. Oh, Gremlin yeah. out. Gremlin out. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm very excited that fall fall has arrived. It's yeah. it's just announced itself with quite a bit of, of water and um. um Working through it. It's wet. It's wet. It's wet. Yeah. Um, well, today on the podcast, yes. I'd like to talk. Last time we touched on it a little bit, but I'd like to talk about like work expectations, maybe as a way to Ooh. do it, or like pressure that we feel to Is that work in certain ways. Sorry, yeah. personal uh, expectations and pressure, or from your manager. Let's yeah. Ooh, all yeah. about ooh, how yeah. career. <laughs> Because I, yeah, so let's get into that. We'll, we'll break that down in a minute. But first, uh, I do want to kick it off with like one little question, which is um, what's like something small? It could be like a habit, could be like a, a small purchase that you've made recently, it could mm. be something you've changed uh, in your daily life somehow that has improved your life, even no matter how small. I, okay, so I, it took me a minute to think, to think of mine, and I'm sure that there are other, other answers. I feel like I did buy something recently very small that actually did improve my life. Um, but the answer that that came most immediately is I have started and um, like taking a journal to a local bar at, during happy hour and just like getting a drink, sitting at the bar, doing my own thing, um, which is something that I actually had forgotten for years. I, I felt really weird about like, is it is it weird to just go to a bar? Like, could I bring a book like that just feels so invasive and strange but I don't know how to like meet people in my neighborhood otherwise and I don't know I, I don't know what shifted but recently I was just like I you know actually what it was there's a bar that I can see there's enough light that I can see what I was writing and I feel like most of the places that I knew beforehand that was not going to be the case um and so I've started taking my journal places and just sort of writing out even just like to-do lists ideas I actually was writing in my journal at a bar near me when I had the idea uh, that I texted you about Bennett to potentially take, um, I have a bunch of, of lead code problems that I have written out very, very explicit solutions to and like thought process things in um, as an exercise to work um, practice for, for coding interviews. And I have all these things and I, uh, I have like, I've, I've kind of taught some of it before. And it occurred to me that that might make sense to turn into some medium articles. I've thought about making them into YouTube videos and that just seems like a whole lot of work, but I think eventually I should do that as well. Uh, but I, I texted Bennett and I was like, like, random question. I had this idea to turn these into medium articles. Like, does that seem worth my time? Um, and Bennett was like, yes, of course. <laughs> if you had the idea and you're excited about it, do the, do the thing. Which like, thank you, is exactly what I needed to hear. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like in line with every other thing you've ever said before. I don't know why I felt the need to ask you this question. <laughs> 
but it was born out of kind of the the like creative openness that I that I got from from just starting to feel more comfortable taking a journal instead of a human friend to a bar and like engaging with myself. Yeah, so, yeah just hanging out. Just hang That's out. really nice. Yeah, yeah, I have a similar thing that I will do in coffee shops, but I haven't really done it in a in bars very much. Mm. Maybe once or twice. That sounds fun. It is very fun. I almost every time I've ended up getting into a conversation with the bartender and or someone on either side of me. Someone mm. asked me what I was writing about after that conversation. And I was like chatting with the person next to me. She told me, she was like, oh, that's so cool. I just did my first YouTube uh, YouTube video about a makeup tutorial and turned to the friend that she was with. And she was like, I hadn't told you that yet. And her friend was like, um, no, you did not. What? It was really, it was great. So it was very- stranger before she told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's very fun to like get to be that random stranger. And I, I also will say that in the in, in the same uh, aspect of things, I was telling my friend earlier that it, one, there's been a, a metric of success for me of like, I have successfully been engaging with my neighborhood more and like getting to know my community more that I was not expecting. And it is the amount of free alcohol that you get at your local places, uh, which I, success. <laughs> You've now made friends with the bartenders. And TIO. To get, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Of like, ah. <laughs> Just something over. It's fine. Um, but yes, of like, I'll, I'll even even now, like, I'll go, but it'll be busy. I won't actually get to chat with the bartender, but I know the person at this point. I'm like, hey. And as I am leaving, paying my bill, they'll just like slide over a shot for me to take. Uh, I feel very, I feel very of the community. It's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, that's interesting. I, I have not been drinking so much recently. Mm, so. That is the trade-off. I yeah. I have been lowering my alcohol content intake elsewhere because it's a lot of alcohol. But because you're like, drinking more at the bar, yeah. Yeah, they have like mocktails and stuff, but it's also just sugar. It, you know, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Might, pros might get some cons. free food, you know. Yeah. Free coffee. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so my yes. small thing, and this will be rather small, I'd say, but we... Um, for a while, we didn't have blackout curtains in the bedroom. Mm. And it just makes such a difference to how well you sleep if hmm. it's, like, very dark. Ooh, I don't know. It makes a difference to how well I sleep if it's very dark. Um, mm. And so, like, we just hung up some very, very simple fabric, like, just with nails even. Oh, and amazing. Like, you know, like, nails and some some rings that you can hook over the nail, basically. And that's what we're doing for blackout curtains. But it's, like, looking great. Uh, oh, fantastic. It's a huge difference for my sleep. Ooh, okay. I my roommate has blackout curtains and I don't, and we get a lot of light. And I wonder. I want, I want, interesting. Mm. Might have to make a purchase. Though, okay, I will say this because I know this about you, Lily. The dangerous thing is <laughs> that if there's no, if you can't see the sunlight starting to wake you up in the morning, mm -hmm. then you have no orientation or idea what time it is. For yeah, that might be it. Might too. be a problem for me. Well, but you also you're pairing it with you. Had, you had mentioned earlier a similar thing of um, you guys got a lamp that like wakes you up like the sun. That's true. We do have a light up alarm clock. Yeah, the light up alarm clock. Yes. Yeah. Is that is that like do those work in tandem with each other? Of like yeah, you just it, kind it of are faking kind of like it whenever. Yeah. Yeah. With the blackout curtains. All right. That um, might that might work. Yeah, and that that works. Yeah, I recommend yeah. that then. I what Bennett is alluding to here. I I have a really wild propensity to sleep I, I i can really just not wake up for a very long time no, to be clear lily is capable of waking up yes thank you yes, yes. like a reasonable time and even some unreasonable times like for a while she was living on the west coast while we worked together so she was up at seven every morning to start her work day so like mm -hmm. that you know i only missed it like twice the whole year 
the stand up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I, it is potentially dangerous. So thank you. Thank you for, for that note. Yeah. Ooh, I'll have to investigate. Okay. Oh, well, wonderful. let's, let's, uh, let's yeah. dive in. Let's, uh, let's dig into this little topic of like expectations and what you feel like you're expected mm. is expected of you. And then like what actually might, you might be getting from other people. But I, I, so this came out of a conversation that I had with a friend last night. Um, he doesn't work in software engineering, but he is, he works in biotech. So he's like oh. running experiments and stuff like that and taking on projects. And he feels like, um, that there's an expectation either to work late hours or, you know, you know, come check in on an experiment at some time after work or over the weekend or something like that as it's happening. I don't like that. Um, and I, I get the sense, uh, from a lot of software developers too, that they also feel this kind of thing, right? Like they've taken on a project or like they think that this ticket needs to be done by a certain day. And so they're, they really push themselves. They work late hours or, you know, they, uh, I saw some this morning, I saw a pull request from somebody who was working over the weekend, um, who like brought it in, uh, you know, you could see the the code had been pushed like over the weekend. Um, I think Lily, you and I have some very similar ideas on this and we've mm -hmm. also, uh, like had the distinct opportunity to like kind of set some of the culture around this at a startup together. Oh yeah. I was so um, grateful to, to, to be able to take your lead and to like, see your advocating for something that I wasn't sure I was allowed to advocate for. Very, yeah. very grateful for your tutelage. So, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell, <laughs> I don't know where to start, but walk us through like your thoughts and like philosophy on like working late or working on the weekend or when a manager expects something of you mm. that is going to make you work late? Like where, where do you fall on that? Yeah. Well, and it's also tricky of like the, there's also a distinction between a manager's expectations and a manager's behavior. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think the thing that, that we kind of fell into was like our boss, we were on a very small team. It was the two of us and our CTO because it was such a small startup at the time. Um, our boss loves to code. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> present tense because he is no longer our boss but he still i'm sure loves to code um so he would be coding on the weekends he'd be coding late at night he'd be making pull uh pull like pushing up code like but not ever verbally expressing the expectation that any of us should be doing that or like following up with his weekend work on the weekend um but that is kind of the distinction between like explicit expectations and cultural norms of mm -hmm. if someone on your team or multiple someone's on your team are, are absorbing this behavior or just like to do that. And so are going to be doing that, then that builds cultural pressure and potentially expectation for everyone to do this behavior, which is, is I like, yes, I think it's a personal choice. Um, like personally, I don't want to stop someone from, like if, if you really want to work on the weekend or if you want to take a three hour nap on a Monday and work three hours later to, to, you know, do whatever you want to do. Like, I don't, I don't want to blanketly say that's bad. Cause I think if you have the ability to be that flexible and that's how you work better and that's better for, or, or even just like, that's better for your life. You want to take a three hour walk in the middle of the day, like whatever it is, I think go for it. Um, but I think that we all have a responsibility to do so being aware of the impact on the culture of your team that you're creating there. 
So maybe you can write the code, but you can automate it so that it pushes up at 9 a.m. the next morning or on a Monday or, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, or just make very, very explicitly clear to your team, like, Hey, I do this, but I, I like, it's how I work. And I want to be very careful that we're not building a culture of expect of that being the expectation here, because I think that it can be more difficult to exert a boundary of, sorry, no, like I work nine to five and like I have built my life with that expectation involved and I'm not, I like, I, I will, I will not be engaging outside of that timeline. That also has to be possible and expect and like a valid expectation. And so like you can do whatever's easiest, whatever you want to do, as long as you're being mindful that uh, you're not making it more difficult for your team members to exert their own boundaries and comfortabilities with it. Um, so I think it, it, it boils down to communication. Um, I, like you don't necessarily have to do the extra work of automating it to release at a certain time or to like, you know, Slack even now I think has like, you can, you can schedule a message to send. Um, so if you have questions, you can like schedule and you like, like if I had questions that would have been great. Like if I had questions for you, I was working later than you would work because I was starting, I was on the West coast would have been great to like be able to automate of like, cool, I'm going to have this send while I am still asleep when I know that then it starts work like four hours before I do or something, <laughs> maybe two, like, you know, however many hours before I do, I can automate it. I can even say like, Hey Bennett, I like auto sent this message. I'm like, if this is from earlier, but I didn't want to send it till now. So like, I won't be able to respond, but here's what I'm struggling with. And then I could wake up with a response that I could then start work. Like there's, there's, it's, it's all communication and like navigating you're, you're, when you're working like that, you are working in relationship with other people. That's what working on a team is. And so adapting and navigating and communicating openly about the needs and preferences of, of everyone on that team is how, like, we have to, I think my general take, I've kind of talked myself in a circle, but you have to, uh, I think it's really important that we build explicit culture around any of these types of expectations versus letting implicit culture be built instead. There's a lot of danger in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And I, it, I've got two things here that I want to be aware of. Yeah. The first is you're totally right about kind of the snowball effect of this type of expectation and generally of company culture, mm. but like, yeah, if, uh, you know, if our boss, our boss worked on the weekends, like, and he was the CTO. So he kind of felt like, you know, there was some expectation for him to do that, but also I think he kind of wanted to, and also he is financially compensated for the growth of the company. So <laughs> there's that too, right? He's, he has some, some, some motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I had started working on the weekends or in the evenings, yeah, then oh, I would have felt Lily as the new so hire would have felt so much pressure to mm -hmm. also be keeping that up. And like, even, you know, very early on in the startup that, that applies, but like even at a big company too, like within the team, the, the expectation, this implicit expectation that you're talking about, Lily, certainly can grow, um, very rapidly. And also one person can make a huge difference in pumping the brakes to say, like, oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm not going to be available to do that tonight. It's going to have to wait until Monday. You know, yeah. uh, I think that's totally fair. Um, one other piece of this puzzle that maybe we have to be a little bit cognizant of because our podcast has been downloaded in 10 countries now. 
mm. um, is. Wow, really? Norm. Wait, sorry, that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> that's very cool. Wow. Work norms and cultures are, are different. different. Yeah. Different places. Um, and like this is a, this is like a very U.S. centric uh, conversation that we're having yeah. right now. Um, but like there are other ways of working that are perhaps more intense than the United States in other mm. countries. Um, and I don't feel qualified to speak on Certainly not. those types of boundaries. So like, I, I want to recognize <laughs> that there same. may be people in the audience, uh, who yeah, have, have a different experience. Um, I think there are still some lessons to be gained here of like, mm. you know, not, not continually pushing yourself. Like it's just the path to burnout, right? If you just keep feeling like you're under pressure to keep delivering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just want to be aware of that as well. For sure. Thank you. Also, thank you everyone who downloaded. I hope you're enjoying podcasts. That's freaking wild. Yeah. 10 countries. That's pretty cool. Wow. Um, okay, cool. So let's, let's talk a little bit more in our last episode. I kind of want to mm. repick up that conversation that we had because um, last episode, we were talking a little bit about feeling a sense of meaning or purpose in your career, maybe even using the passion word about <gasps> your career, but then um, possibly being taken advantage of or exploited for the fact that you care about the work, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then there's all sorts of other things. You don't have to care about the work to be exploited. Right. <laughs> um, uh, there's all sorts of other ways that this can, can manifest as well, but like... Uh, yeah, let's talk through and, and what are your thoughts on like those types of expectations uh, mm. from other people or like when it's explicit from yeah. leadership too. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's definitely. Oof, man. Um, I mean, I think that that can be a lot. It's so. Oh, it's so interesting. That can be a lot harder. I was gonna say that can be a lot harder. I think the implicit one can be a lot harder for people on teams where communication is not great or but like it is, it is understandable to just have anxiety about having to have a difficult conversation with, with anybody, let alone a team member or your boss. Like that can be very, very anxiety inducing. So it's, I don't, I actually don't know that one is more difficult than the other. They're, they're both difficult. Um, but the explicit expectations feel more difficult to combat in the sense of like, okay, well, like there's definitely not a miscommunication happening here. There's not like, and a potential that this isn't necessary. Like this is the expectation. Um, oh, ah, that's so hard. I feel like I'm, I'm thinking of a, a mentor of mine who, um, who like thrives in that type of, of situation. Of he felt, he felt like um, the job that he'd been at for a few years had gotten to um, like relaxed <laughs> and not, not that that was a bad thing. He was just like, I am bored in this, situation I want to be putting myself in a more high pressure situation because like mm. that brings me a source of enjoyment um so he left and and explicitly in interviews was like I I am interviewing here because I know you guys like go 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 and that is what I am looking for that's where I want to be putting my energy and so if it's if it's like pre-hire expectations I, I think it, it it does similarly come back to this sense of like open communication of there are gonna be people who are looking for that type of thing, who are looking for, you know, one type of go, go, go versus another. And if you, if you know that you are looking to build a company of people that want to go at that pace, um, I mean, you need to be 
open and explicit about that. Otherwise people are going to burn out and leave and you're going to have to spend more money to hire new people and train more people and go through the hiring process. Like it's in everyone's best interest to express that because then someone who's going to burn out from that won't apply for that job either. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think so much of it comes to open uh, communication, but I don't think that solves the problem you're talking about, which is when you get to a job and then the expectations become mm-hmm. clear or like the expectations change. Like, you know, if there's a big project and it's like, okay, everyone, we like promised to the client that this would be ready at X time. So now you have to go, go, go. Um, gosh, that is really, really hard. And really, um, I mean, it's so specific to the situation and the person. I feel like yeah. I am so inclined the first time that that happens to do it just like be unhappy about it and do it. And then either during or after the situation, then bring up like, Hey, that was not good. Um, and I don't think that that's a situation we can get into again. Can we be given, you know, not even just assurances, but like, can you, can you like come up with a plan or can we come up with a plan? Like whatever needs to be done to ensure that that doesn't happen again. Cause I'm not going to handle it the same way next time. Um, but that's so hard to say, even after you did it the first time, like, oh man, I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I'm like getting really uncomfortable even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. It gets really tricky. Um, yeah. Cause you want to be a team player. You want to pitch in, help out. Um, especially if there's like a big project that your team is responsible for and there's some type deadline and, but as soon as it becomes a habit like it's like routine for you to you know stay late whenever the project's coming up the deadline or something like that that's just like so to me it's so problematic some people you're right you you described like there are some people who really love that feeling of like the the pressure right there at Mm -hmm. the end and like getting across the finish line and the exhilaration of being like whoo we did it but uh (laughs) it's not i'm not one of those people Um, And it's also hardly, it doesn't seem like a sustainable business model to rely on the the stamina of those individuals. And I think the point we want to make here is that it's okay to not be one of those people. Oh God, 100%. Yes. Very, also very okay. As Lily said, to bring it up and to say, Mm -hmm. okay, I did it last time because like I'm a team player and we need to do that, but like, I can't keep doing that. Um, And so we need a different plan. Yeah. I think that's totally, totally fair. Yeah. yeah. But even, I mean, even then I still did it once. And to be clear, I like, I wouldn't want to, I am not one of those people at all. That is like a nosedive into burnout for me just immediately. I would like, if I did that, I'd be like, also, I am taking a day off to sleep. Like <laughs> give me the blackout curtains. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I need comp time. I need yeah, those, all those types of things for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. What else should we cover anything else in the, in this kind of, topic or episode anything else would be helpful here because expectations well do you want to do you want to talk about you like touched on not wanting to use the term passion but do you want to go a little bit more into into why particularly like has passion particularly been weaponized in a way that you're trying to go like not not yeah maybe yeah Hmm. (laughs) i don't know more footwork sorry I, I, I am th- the internet in this duo. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah, we're probably gonna have to end it there. <laughs> no, I think um, I think the whole find your passion thing is. Uh, it just I don't know I I can't stand that idea um, too much. Like, I think for some people like some people maybe that's true. Like they just mm. knew they were gonna be a doctor and like have always wanted to be a doctor. Like some people like have always loved computers and can't imagine a job not working with computers every day. Um, and to be fair, I really like my computer, but like I'm not. Saying. Not in that kind of way uh, of like, it's my passion. <laughs> right. Um, it's more of like, yeah, I, this is a, this is a great job that, that I like and, and, and it supports me. And like, I would also like to find meaning and purpose in this career. Yeah. Um, even outside of like, the, like passion or like just the thought that you're going to never work a day in your life kind of thing. If you find the right thing to do, like I, those are all. Kind of... Yeah. Scams. They're scams. I think. I think that's a scam. Yeah, maybe it's capitalist talking points. You know. <laughs> I'm very passionate about soup. Mm. <laughs> well, you but can find eating it. Soup. Yeah, in e specifically in eating soup, not making it myself. <laughs> and on that note, I think we are out of time. That's true. Yeah, the podcast is kind of going downhill. From here, but... It's been once again fun chatting, Lily. Yes. And, uh... Thank you, Zoe's. We'll see y'all in the next one. See you then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>